You see, Jesus went around teaching and preaching and healing. He went out to the people. He wandered those beautiful areas around Galilee. And yes, there were words, and the people followed him. But you see, Jesus' ministry, his teaching and preaching, had a third leg to the stool. And it's important for the balance and the balance of church and the Christian life. And that was to do with healing. And healing was so important in Jesus' ministry. And that's why it needs to be so important as part of this church's ministry. Healing was essential to the ministry of Jesus because he had the power to perform miracles. They flow from without him as heat from the sun, as you get wet from a waterfall. So he knew it, people sensed it, and they came to him in masses, droves, multitudes of them. In confidence, Jesus welcomed the blind, the crippled, the leprous, even dead people into his presence. No problem was too great for him. He was never intimidated into silence. He performed all the miracles that you would expect him to do as God's healer. God gave Jesus to us the ministry of Jesus because it was essential to the ministry of Jesus. It showed that he had compassion, but a compassion equal to his power. When the throng interrupted his plans for a quiet retreat, his disciples just tried to, to make people go away. He healed the sick and he then fed them. The disciples, on the other hand, wanted really the crowds to simply go away. They didn't really want him to be troubled. And Jesus wasn't of that persuasion. Knowing they could only receive help if only they accessed Jesus, Jesus then responded to their needs with that compassion in very bold ways. You see, the Canaanite woman struggled through. Despite the disciples trying to stop her, dismiss her, Jesus knew that she could get, she could get from him what she trusted that would happen to her in healing. The woman with a hemorrhage, she crept silently through the crowd. Why? Just to touch his clothes, to touch his hem, to reach out. It says in Mark 5.28, the crowds begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his coat. And as it says in Matthew, all, all who touched him were healed. The healing was essential to the ministry of Jesus because it shows his success in that spiritual warfare between him and the enemy, Satan. You see, in most discussions about evil, both outside in the world and many Christian people, they fail to mention the existence of Satan. Satan as the source of illness, disease, and disaster that entered this world. You hear it all the time. The blame always is God. Why did God allow this? Why, why, why God? Never, or very rarely, do they actually look to who is the agent of the Ill, illness, the disease, whatever it is. Yet in Luke, you see, Luke 13 says that Jesus said that Satan, the enemy, was responsible for the harm done to humanity. 
And the enemy, Satan, hates God, and therefore he hates God's people. He hates Christians if he can prowl around, wreck, destroy, health, minds, or anything. He will do so. And what do we often do? We blame <coughs> God for that. We don't look to the source of the evil and the wrong. He, the Satan, unrelentably attacks humanity. Why does he do that? Why does he do that so urgently and so hard? upon people at times, because he knows. Revelation 12.12 12 shows us that his opposition to God's creation, his time is short. And we're in that situation of the now but the not yet. We're in that gap. Now, whenever Jesus confronted Satan's presence in, presence in illness, disease, or demonic oppression, he overcame the works of the enemy. He conquered Satan's personality, his nature. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the enemy's work, the devil's work. He was set to dismantle the apparatus of illness, disease, and the demons working to oppress God's people. Satan continues to try and control that over creation. Jesus' victory in the wilderness shows us the authenticity of Jesus' ministry by evicting Satan's powers out of lives which have become oppressed. By healing all our bodily parts, every bodily dysfunction, Jesus reclaimed and recovered for God all that Satan had stolen. Healings proved that Jesus had invaded the enemy's area, shackled, bound him, if you like, and took back reversed the works of the enemy. Through these healings, Jesus assaulted Satan in one area, then another, then another. The enemy never knew where those attacks were going to come from to destroy his works. So healing was essential to the ministry of Jesus. It was looking to healing as the physical symptom of forgiveness. Isn't forgiveness a major area of healing in us? Our need for forgiveness but our need also for healing in mind, body, and spirit. You see, if you become poorly in one of those three areas, it tends to affect the other two. You think about it. If you're feeling low and depressed and so on, then so often you have some bodily thing. And this mind, body, spirit, then you can't pray, then you don't want to come to church, then you, know, you just know it. But so often you know it, but don't make the links. The lowness, the weakness can come about that. And yes, in a fallen world, we are going to get ill and have the ups and the downs. That ship sailed magnificently week by week, and then suddenly something happened called a rock, ripped the bottom out of it. And this happens in our life. We sail through life quite contentedly. And then the rock of illness, disease, oppression, depression strikes us. And we know what the problem is, the problem is very often finding the solution. And it's right to look in the solution areas of doctors, nursings, and all those things that God has created and God has empowered and God has trained and so on. And that is a massive blessing. But so often, in a functional world, a realistic world that we live in, look only to that and forget the healing was essential to the ministry of Jesus. Now, Jesus just didn't heal for his own sake, just for itself, healing is healing. 
He expected healing to recruit faith to him, to bring faith to him, to evidence what he was saying. It was the word of God, the word of Jesus, but then his works were manifest. Now, the problem we have is some people, and I think it still can be hanging around, that yes, it was fine for Jesus, and yes, it was fine for the disciples back then, 2,000 years ago. He was around, that was fine, and that was it. But it all ceased back then in some ways that we can't really, really expect that to happen. And there is a problem with that. If that was true, can you tell me why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, which is the same as Jesus, the empowering, to do works that are greater than Jesus did? That's the big one that we have to come to terms with. Not what Jesus did, but he expects us to do more. And we think, well, we can't even do what Jesus was doing. And the reason for this is something has got twisted on its head because of the lie of the enemy that it sees back then. This word comes in. But the enemy always twists things round. So there's the word. Can you see it? Can you understand it? Can't you read that, Ralph? Is everybody suffering from spiritual dyslexia? As long as you believe that Jesus finished healing 2,000 years ago, then that is your belief system. If you come in line with what the Holy Spirit empowered us to do individually and the church in the name of Jesus, we have no healing powers, but Jesus through us has powers that are central, essential to his ministry. And it's to do with this. Last week, Jenny led a service that was to do with faith, belief, what came first? And you had a debate about it. But the danger is that that's our concept. The enemy, like, <coughs> enemy likes that. Loves that. With that, nobody gets healed. I tell you who doesn't get healed is people who never get prayed for, ever. Is it new? No, it's not. Old Testament, Exodus... I will not bring on you any diseases I brought on the Egyptians. I am the Lord who heals you. You see, one of the names for God is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha, R-A-P-H-A. I am the God who heals you or thee. He's a healing God. So what do we do? We follow a God who's what? He's a God whose heart is for healing. Jesus went throughout Galilee, New Testament, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among people. We serve a healing saviour, Jesus Christ. Just like God the Father, Jesus heals the sick and the infirmed. And we need to establish that Jesus heals today. Why? Because he is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow forever. Could he stop it? How could he stop it? He has a heart of compassion that doesn't stop. It's for the people. Jesus preached and taught, yes, but he healed every disease and sickness among the people. Matthew 8 says this, When evening came, many who were demon-oppressed or possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what he'd spoken through the prophet Isaiah. 
Isaiah said he took our infirmities and carried our disease. That was 700 years before Christ. Jesus would take up our infirmities. Jesus would carry, isn't that a good word? He would carry our diseases. But somebody can't carry it if you don't give them that role. They can't carry a load you don't give. You're not going to give it if you don't believe that he can do it. And of course, it isn't a slot machine. You don't put in a prayer of healing and get it out like a bar of chocolate. Sometimes we have to persevere and strive in prayer. And sometimes there are keys to healing that sovereignly the Holy Spirit knows. And we need to learn about those. Sometimes healing is a stage process. Sometimes there are delays. Sometimes people are present. Sometimes there is a distance. So please, (coughs) Jesus would heal all the sick to fulfill the words of Isaiah. Don't limit our salvation. Don't limit our healing to sins only. Jesus, our saviour, is also Jesus, our healer. Matthew 14, and when the men of that place recognised Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched him were healed. Our part is to reach out and touch Jesus for healing. And then all who touched Jesus were healed. Now, sometimes you pray for healing, and it doesn't happen in the way you think, because God is sovereign. Jesus knows best. You pray for a broken leg, and somebody's broken heart is healed. You pray for a broken mind, and something physical happens. Something is restored that was broken. Psalm 103, we've had the Psalms this morning, and the one that Liz was given by the Lord this morning, so much compliments, one I'm going to read in a minute. But Psalm 103 says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, for, 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 for who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Now, benefit, forget not all his benefit. And a benefit is a blessing. <coughs> Just as certainly as forgiveness of sins is for you, the Lord is also your healer. We do serve a healing God. Psalm 30, verse 2, lovely one to look at. O Lord my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. You see, prayer to God for healing the sick does get results. People are healed. Things do happen. If you don't do it, it doesn't happen. In the Old Testament, in Genesis, Abraham prayed to God and God heed Abimelech, his wife and his slave girls. Moses cried out to the Lord, Oh God, please heal her. And God healed Miriam. And then James 5, isn't this wonderful? Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man, brackets woman, is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous man, woman, is powerful and effective. Now don't forget, you can pray for yourself to be healed, as David did. Don't forget, you can pray for others to be healed, as Abraham and Moses did, and James is encouraging us, guiding us to do that. Acts 3, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith 
that comes through it that has given this complete healing to him, as you all can see. So how does healing come? It comes by faith. Another word? Healing comes by faith. Does it come in our name? Does it come in the chapel's name? Does it come in the name of whatever denomination? No, it does not. It comes in the name and only the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus and that faith being present. It needs to be present somewhere. It needs to be present either in the prayer or in the person being prayed for. It just needs to be present don't have to be, have faith in order to be healed. That is another lie that is often done, uh, given out. The other one is, what about if I pray for somebody and they don't get healed? Well, you've done your job, and may I suggest that it's right for you to leave God to do his job. If you don't pray, then the people will not get healed in mind, body, or spirit. Acts 9, then Peter found a man called Aeneas, a paralytic, who'd been bedridden for eight years. And Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and take care of your mat. And immediately Aeneas got up. Now please do not try and trust in formulas. Don't see how other people pray or how or what they do. They don't work. You are faced by a person who is unique, with unique fingerprints in this ministry. And you pray as God leads you to pray. If you make a mistake, if your heart is right, don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit will come and sweep up that mistake, so-called. Don't hesitate. Don't let that get in the way of the action of faith coming out. If your heart is right and you say something that's a bit wrong or you misunderstand something doesn't get in the way of healing. God can heal through, round any of your so-called mistakes. So pray. Peter understood what brought healing. Ananias, Jesus Christ heals you. We all serve a healing God. I am the Lord who heals you. We serve a healing saviour. He healed all the sick then, and he is the same today. Jesus stills, still heals today. Expect it, believe for it, use faith, use belief for it, belief in him. When? When you're asked, when you're prompted. In our future healing services, we will try and follow that. Don't worry, you don't have to do anything. Jesus will do it. But he does like willing hands and willing hearts. And if you can bring a little bit of this along, that will make a difference. It will make all the difference. You being there, you praying for those people. But the compassion needs to be there. The compassion needs to be there. And maybe somebody who's there may also find the truth of the good news, not just the healing, but the wholeness that comes through knowing Christ personally. Let's pray. Father, yes, thank you that Jesus had such love and compassion
but nothing was too difficult to him. He never refused. He went anywhere at any time. And may we learn from that, Lord. May you teach us and encourage us and guide us, Lord. May we see your works as well as your word in this chapel and in the area of the town and the villages. And may your restoration of people in mind, body and spirit be a powerful work as a beacon, a light to drive away the darkness of the enemy's work. And Lord, I just ask by your Holy Spirit that those people in this church who you sovereignly are going to give a special measure of the gift of healings, the gift of miracles, the gift of discernment, gift of wisdom, would you just come, Lord, and touch them and encourage them and release those gifts in them, Lord, for your service. And Lord, we just want to thank and praise you for what you're going to do in the lives of people here and that those testimonies will come from the front of what you have done in the year 2012, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.